funny, you know, especially at some of these uh, some of these hospitals and stuff, you'll have guys will be working the the line up there, and I'm taking yep. the orders, and you'll be watching, and and they're just going like this, glancing up, you know, and it's like, and then I'll catch them glancing up, and they're like, I wasn't looking, I wasn't, looking. well, it's just like us guys checking out some chick, you know, looking at, you know, and then I wasn't looking, no, no, I wasn't, I wasn't checking you out, you know. <laughs> so. The the true old that sex sells. Oh my I god! I wouldn't know anything. I wouldn't yes. know anything about that. Oh yeah, the true old thing. Thank you. Welcome to cue the mic. <laughs> and there's Emma, like always. Welcome to cue the mic. Get yourself yes. together. Yep, yep. Come on, Emma. Get yourself <laughs> together. You can do it. And we're not retaking this. No. Come on, Emma. Get oh. yourself together. Welcome to cue the mic, episode twelve. Episode right? twelve. Look I'm sorry. And look who's here with him. Look, Randy Twyford. Yeah. Randy Twyford, the Reverend Randy Twyford. This That's is so right. chaotic. All the way out of Jacksonville, Illinois, coming to you live from Cape Coral, Florida. And it's great to be here. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Randy. We, th- we thought it would be special. I know we had old Luke well, Darnell. Well, I'm a special person. You are special. Yeah, that's right. We had old Luke Darnell uh, fill in for me when we were in Canada, and we knew we had to shoot a podcast this week, and Randy was with me in Florida. I'm like, well, you're going to be our first real guest. What, a, what an honor. What an honor. I to mean, be the first Luke guest was... on the podcast. Luke, what you... Luke was well, a Luke host. Was a real, Luke was a real He was a guest. He wasn't no, a guest. No, no. He, he, was, wasn't he a was guest. a co-host. He was a, he was a guest. Co-host. He was a guest host. I'm the first guest. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. There. Let's get that straight. So Randy, Randy and I go back many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of barbecue contests. At, let's face it. At one point, uh, you know, people would, especially barbecue contests in the Midwest, if you were at it, I was at it. If I was at it, you were at it. Right. And... Uh, we were always together, and it's funny how we were just talking yesterday. How a core bunch of people we all started out, and a lot of people asked me, you know, how did you get started in the barbecue business? Because as many of you know, we own a catering business, Twyford's Barbecue and Catering. It's a catering business and a food truck business. International, yeah, and international. We were in Puerto Rico, still have some uh, interest in Puerto Rico. And uh, how we got started in the barbecue business and that. Well, it all boils down to the very, very beginning of it is uh, I was living at home and my mom, she worked at uh, Illinois School for the Deaf and she worked a shift from 11 to 7 of an evening. So it was me and dad at home. So we had to fend for ourselves for supper. So what we we had a grill out in the garage, and so we would cook out. On, I would cook supper on the garage. So that's kind of what got me started messing around with the grill, and kind of because I'm not a fry person. I didn't want to make a mess in the kitchen because I'd catch hell when she got home because we'd never get it caught, get it cleaned up. So that's kind of what got me started was cooking there at home, and uh, for dad and I supper, and then my sister and her kids would come over and. Uh, then it ended up, you know, on Sundays, we'd have Sunday lunch, uh, lunch cause everybody came over to mom's for lunch. And, were you uh, cooking? Like, were you just like grilling like chicken? Were you grilling just, versus barbecue? Uh, we were, it was more of a grilling type right, right. deal. Like burgers and brats and burgers, hamburgers. that, and then ribs, you know, we'd smoke some ribs oh. and then, and then 
you know, ribs was the big deal. And then uh, things went on. And um, so then we started messing around more and more with it. And then that's kind of when we met was at Ray Lampy, a.k.a. Dr. Barbecue. Dr. Barbecue. He had Hall of Famer. Yeah. Fellow Hall of Famer. Fellow Hall of Famer of yours. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he had a barbecue contest. Uh, not a barbecue contest. Barbecue cooking school in Effingham, Illinois. And unbeknownst, uh, we were just talking the other day, the friendships that were made that have been lifelong since then. So we went to Ray's contest. That's 20 uh, years ago. Yeah, it's been a long friggin' time. I wonder. And, uh, yeah, we can both tell that. There's been a lot of cookers and, and, and uh, cooking trailers and cooking apparatuses going down the road for, since then, if you think about so it. So was that your first? That was so we kind of started into competition barbecue, but then we went to Ray Lampy's because we kind of were. I don't know that we had competed yet, um, and you hadn't competed. We hadn't competed, that. and we didn't know shit for Shinola right. about them. I mean, that was our. Very... Some would argue that you still don't. But well, that's, that's true. And so we didn't really know anything, and so we went to Ray's class uh, and uh, met all you guys. Met you, uh, Podge, uh, Rod Gray. Uh, who else was Johnny Trigg? No, no, oh, Johnny, no, no, no. Johnny wasn't there. Candy Sue Weaver. Yeah, who else? Wow. Q was there. Uh, old Dave. Old Dave. Stamper. Old, old Dave Stamper was kind of the kingpin then, and so. We went to it, and Dave kind of took us under his wing, and he's like, well, boys, <laughs> if you know Dave, that's a laugh. God uh, rest his soul. Yeah, God rest his soul. Uh, Dave said, well, the only way you're going to learn how to uh, do these barbecue contests is to him. He says, it's either, it's kind of like being pregnant, he said. You either are or you aren't. And so old Dave said, in a couple weeks, there's a contest down in, uh, oh, it's, uh, what's his name, uh, down in southern Missouri, uh, what the hell is his name? You can't remember your first barbecue contest? No, I can't. We did it. We looked like the Clampets. When we went to it, we had a small S10 pickup, and we had so much stuff on it and tied down with bungee cords. We told everybody when we got there, stand away, because when, when we took the bungee cords off, it was just going to explode with all the <laughs> shit that was on it and stuff. And uh, Lynn Bruce, Lynn Bruce's first contest. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, way down there in southern Missouri. And uh, we cooked with old Dave and uh, didn't get a call and uh, didn't know what the hell we were doing. But, of course, old Dave was helping us. Cooked it on WSMs yeah. and that underneath the awnings. And then the race was on. So, and now we look back and I'd hate to think... How many different barbecue pits? Well, Marla can tell you, my wife, because most of them are over on the east side of our shed, <laughs> still piled up. And, you know, it's she's we're at the point now, if we want to get it cleaned out, we'll offer it to the junkers to get all the scrap iron out of it. And how many trailers and stuff. So then mm -hmm. we started doing the barbecue contests. And I think our record one year, we did 27 contests in one season. Really? Yeah. Which is a drop in the bucket for you. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. That's how I can offer. Yeah. So, but anyway, we did that, and we were going along pretty good. And so, in the meantime, people were asking us, "Hey, could you fix us five pounds of pork?" You know, and we were doing it about as illegal as you could, working out of the house and the garage and everything. <laughs> Remember so, how I told you, listeners, uh, in earlier ones, if you're going to do it, be legal. Yeah. Everybody yeah. did. Yeah. Hell no. And. Uh, <laughs> 
still kind of no. We're illegal now. Trust me. Pretty pseudo, pseudo, pseudo. Yeah, pseudo legal. So anyway, uh, we were kind of doing stuff on the side and that, and um, then uh, this fall, uh, the fall of uh, 06 came when the stock market took a shit, and everybody they started cutting back. And I'd been working for a paint company, and they decided they didn't need me anymore, and so uh, I was unemployed. And I remember talking to somebody. Don't, and blame, like, don't blame your career on me. And it's kind of like, what the hell am I going to do now? And it's like, well, I could get back in the corporate world and the cycle would just start again. And somebody, a good friend of mine, or I could, should <laughs> say, I don't know, it's questionable, said, why don't you start a <laughs> catering business? And I'm like, I don't know jack shit about catering. And he goes, I'll help you. And it's all history now. So well, it's all. So so let me tell you about the early days, right? So okay. when Randy, so I'm trying to teach Randy the right way because we're just getting started too. But we've been doing it, right? Right. So we've been mm -hmm. doing it. And I said, you know, Randy's like, I want to buy a trailer. I'm like, Randy, no, you got a farm. Just get yourself a metal building and put yourself a nice little kitchen in there. It's going to be because uh, I was operating out of a trailer at that point. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, it's way too much work. You got to get inside, whatever. So, so what's Randy do? He goes out and buys a ninety thousand dollar trailer, right? Right. Right. Remember that trailer? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, what yeah. Remember that ninety thousand dollar trailer you sold for sixty thousand a year later? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, after you built the building, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Good. That's why I was. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure we had. A oh no, we right. built the building, and then put the trailer inside, inside the, the building. building. You know, so it it was in there, and, and then built the kitchen, and then built the kitchen. Exactly. Right. Right. Because we knew we couldn't operate. He lives in Illinois. You couldn't operate right. during the wintertime out of a trailer. Things were going to freeze. Well, and then we had an ELDX. Uh, we use all old hickory pits. We had an old hickory ELDX on a trailer. And so mm -hmm. we were doing catering out of the trailer and cooking on the old hickory outside. And when uh, one winter, as I slipped on ice and fell and dropped a catering on the ground, and then it's like, what the hell are we going to do to get this ready? That's pretty well when we decided we needed to go inside. Need to go and have a, have mm -hmm. a building. Yeah. So, so, so we built the building and um, built the building. And inside the building, we got a walk-in cooler, walk-in freezer. Um, and then we got a, a commissary. Our kitchen's in there. And... Uh, when we built the building, a neighbor of ours came down and looked at the lines and everything drawn. He goes, it ain't big enough. And I'm like, well, David, that's all. That's all. I mean, it's what we can afford. He goes, it's not big enough. Build the goddamn thing bigger. It's not going to be big enough. Well, of course he was right. And, and I mean, it's not big enough. So if you're going to build a building, build it bigger. <laughs> and it's going to cost you maybe $5 more on your money you borrow. And it'll um, five dollars a well, month, and be well worth it. Be well worth it, you know. So, because like the east side where we got all this junk piled, there's pseudo gravel in there. Yeah. If we had to put concrete in it, like the concrete guy said to, but of course I'm like, no, we can't afford it. We got to save some money, and it would probably added ten dollars a month to the payment. Uh, wow. You know, so, so there's that's interesting. There's gravel over there because every time I've ever been there, 
it's been covered in so many damn boxes. Well, that's that, that you could never see. Well, that's because instead of taking the boxes out to the dumpster, no, no, you, no, you just throw them out the back door. Not anymore. We don't do that anymore. Oh, we you take don't them, do that. You got we, help now. Yeah, we got help now because most of the time it's just been me and Marla, Marla and I, and we'll have uh, we had one lady, elderly lady that helped us, and she worked overnights and stuff, did the prep work when we were doing the catering stuff. So why we're doing this, you know, we're kind of spending every weekend together on mm-hmm. the competition trail. You know, and there, there's yeah. a lot of history that we have. There's a lot of things that people don't realize. So everybody's heard the word shiggin, right? Mm-hmm. And shiggin has a definition, you know, is it's like shiggin. kind of peeking over somebody else's shoulder um, to yeah. try and learn a barbecue secret. And I got, I got the cup somewhere because, but Randy, and people don't know this, but Randy was the guy that shiggin came out of his mouth first. He actually coined the term. I just made it famous. Hmm. And it started in Madison, Indiana, and Mm -hmm. by the Shigs and Pitts barbecue team. Good friends of ours. Good, excellent. Now own restaurants in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And good friends of ours and stuff. So I had a a barbecue, I had a a camper trailer, Mm -hmm. a fifth wheel trailer with a cooking on the back and stuff. And so uh, one of their teammates, Stefan, Stefan, was interested in what kind of rubs we were using. Well, he knew I kept the rubs. In and my, sauces. And sauces. Because you had the Grandma Fosters. Yeah, the Grandma there. Fosters at that time underneath the table in the, in the trailer. So mm-hmm. I was busy. I was over at Darren's doing something trying to find out what he was doing so I could do it. He was shigging. He was, I was just being nosy. He was shigging before it was known. And so I come back and catch him in the trailer underneath the table. And I came back and I said, God damn, Darren, they were in there. Stefan was in there and he was trying to find out. And so he's like, he was shigging on me. Shigging on me. And that's where the term shigging comes from. So most people think it was created different ways, and our friends at Shiggin and Grinning, and no, no, no it's all I, copied. Randy Twyford, Madison, Indiana. We were the dare. We were there, and I'm not even sure. I think. Well, I know why they were. You know, Shigs and Pit, pigs and shit, mm-hmm. whatever. That's how the Shigs Shigs came started. So they were the Shigs to us. And for a long time, they really weren't too proud of that term, Shiggin. Especially Todd. You'd say something about Shiggin, and he'd go, uh, "One of the owners. One of the owners. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't too proud of it." But, and Stefan right. denies it to this day, but I caught his greasy ass in our trailer. Right. And so, you know, there's a couple other things. You know, every year we mm-hmm. go, and Randy doesn't like to admit this one, but every year when you go to the Jack Daniels. That's hearsay. This is all hearsay. It'll stand okay. up. So we can, okay. we can call him. But, so we used to go to the Jack Daniels, right? And so uh-huh. we, we'd have a lot of fun at the World Championship, and Randy was always parked next to me, of course, because I designed who got the parking spots. But anyway, um, his he goes and he had this old backwoods smoker, you know, a competitor, mm-hmm. backwoods yeah. competitor. He's got it out on the deck of that on trailer. the deck of the trailer, mm-hmm. and he goes to open it up, and he hadn't cleaned that thing in like years. Couldn't right? have been over two years because that's how old it was, but, and it was just so, seasoned. So, it was just seasoned. So if you could imagine the the grates had drippings uh-huh. from Bullshit. cooking pork and stuff. It, not either. It dripped so much, the drippings <laughs> were catching the next grate. So there was no way you could get mm. meat on this thing without 
cleaning it, whatever. This whole so, story has been so, exaggerated so each time it's told. They started worrying about the health and safety oh, of barbecue judges. And so the barbecue judges, so now they have a rule at the jack that now you get your pit inspected and it has to be clean and full of debris. Or lack of before, debris. Lack of debris. Lack of debris. Lack of debris. Before they will, uh, they let you compete in the contest, and you know, a little many people don't know, but that's the Randy Twyford rule. Hypothetically, yeah. no. you just sound like a trendsetter, Randy. Always have been. Always have. Been. <laughs> it's yeah. the only trend. Always have. Been. Oh, so anyway, goodness. going on. We've stayed friends yeah. over the years, and and you know, we consult yeah. back and forth. We we go back, and you know, he'll have a, a in the catering business. He'll find something that works for him, or I'll find something that works for me, and. We kind of share sure. amongst each other. I mean, we've been together here for what three, two, three, four days, right? Right. And we really haven't spent much time doing anything except for talking about business. We were just talking mm -hmm. last night. It would we we kind of need a. Uh, it'd be interesting to have an outline of all the topics that we've talked about. Yeah, and our employees think we're screwing off drinking yeah. in the pool, and it's been a multitude of topics, business wise. But also reminiscing about all the people that we've known and mm -hmm. what we consider good, good, solid friends in the barbecue yeah. competition world. Right. And, you know, where they're at now and how some of them are gone and no longer with us and how some of them should have been recognized more than what they were right. because of the impact they had on competition, competition barbecue. barbecue. Old Dave Stamper. Old Dave Stamper. Yeah. Old Dave Stamper was a... He he was he was an old guy. We got plenty of stories about old Dave, but an old guy out of that cooked by himself. A lot of times, another guy would zink him. Would zink him would cook him. With but uh, he was a very simplistic cook. But he taught a lot of people how to oh. barbecue. I mean, he taught a ton of people how to barbecue. And he passed away last year, two years ago, I think it was. Um, but old Dave was just the salt of the earth guy. And the one thing about old Dave is. He liked to have a few brews. Oh, yeah. He liked to, he always had his cooler. Well, old Dave kind of liked, he liked to go to bed at five or six o'clock at night so he could get up at like three or four in the morning. No, he passed out mm -hmm. at five or six o'clock. Oh, yeah. So we constantly <laughs> screwed with him and we'd, we'd do things like we'd fill his, he'd go to bed and we'd open up his, his cooker and fill it full of beer cans. And uh, one time at the Jack Daniels, he was down there competing and he was, he always had his lucky cooler sitting right next to, um, his trailer, and somebody had brought back this uh, hog head, this raw head of a hog that they had cut off that they were roasting down there. And we said, yeah, we'll take that. So we put that in Dave's cooler in a pan and sitting there staring right at. And then so one of the old Dave's thing he would always do, he'd get up in the morning. I'm starting to talk like you. He'd get up in the morning. Yeah. Right? That's of the morning. Okay. Get up of the morning. Right? Yeah. And he'd always go to his beer cooler. He'd splash water out of his beer cooler on his face to wake himself up. And he mm -hmm. went in there and, you know, he was in there and he splashed. He saw that bit. And all of a sudden, you could hear <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. All your heroes, God damn. You know, what the hell is this going there? You know, Mary Sunday, you know. But anyway, lots, <laughs> lots and lots of memories. But I thought it would yeah. be fun to have Randy on to talk mm -hmm. about food trucking. You know, because, yeah. you know, at Smokey D's, we've got a food truck. We but do. But a food truck for us isn't our main core of business. No. It's more, I mean, it, and it does well, but it's mm -hmm. more about 
marketing for us and getting our name out there. And it's really about mm-hmm. Darren's pet project of having something cool. Um, yeah, I think that's what it known, was. And then it was started. It was like, hey, Sherry, we need a food truck. Nope, can't have one. Really, Sherry? You sure we can't have a food truck? Okay, you can have a food truck. Yeah. Okay. So we get a food truck, right? And and it's it's done well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not if the food truck went away tomorrow, it's nothing mm-hmm. Not the end of the world to the Smokey D's empire. Whereas Randy, the food truck plays a very important role. So I food mm-hmm. truck for fun. Randy food trucks for livelihood. Yeah, exactly. And, bus- and business, even though he has a big catering business too. But I thought it would yeah. be kind of interesting to share a little bit about the food truck business and, and maybe even yeah. maybe even a day in the life of a food yeah. trucker because a lot of our audience is they're in where we were in 2006. They're in that competition yeah. mode and they want to know. Yeah. They, to, they want to, to know of, hey, should I get a truck? Uh, and oh, we're not even going to mention yeah, truck versus trailer. What's, no, I think, I think we do. I but, think we do. Um, we had a two hour argument last night about no, it was a discussion. trucks and trailers. We were arguing. Discussion. And, and, and let's just go ahead and, and, well, let's start there. No, let's start. So, we we got in the food trucking business uh, mm-hmm. and food trailer business, and that's my big. There's food trailers and food trucks. They're two separate, complete same se- thing. They're the same th- separate things, but one's yeah. self-propelled and one's pulled by a truck. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've had one. I I I, I should have counted how many different food trailers and food trucks we've had over the years. And even the one we have now, I would make some changes mm-hmm. with it and this and that. But right. um, take some time and try to figure out what you, you – you need to figure out what your direction is going to be. What are you going to mm-hmm. do? You know, and uh, even if you're not going to do barbecue, if you're going to do something else, do whatever you're good at doing and do mm-hmm. that. And don't be intimidated by if there's somebody else in your area doing what you want to do. Right. Because use the con- use the thought if why is there a McDonald's next to a Wendy's next to next to uh, an In and Out next to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sonic? They're right. all doing the same product, but who does it better? And that's who, what you got to determine is if you've got a competitor. Competitors mm-hmm. are great because they make they make the good guys shine. And that's, I'm a firm believer in that. Right. And so, uh, have some direction on that. And, uh, you know, you, I was watching the other night, the great food truck race watched ones, uh, about a half or three quarters of it. And it's such a farce. I, I had to quit, quit watching it. I mean, um, what they're doing, moving and stuff. I mean, that's the other thing is people think they can just get a food truck and go anywhere they want to in their town. And if you can, you are so lucky. But most of these mm-hmm. towns, even now, there's getting to be more and more regulations. What? Oh, yeah. No, we can't. I mean, I, I mean like, like in Des Moines, you can't be mm-hmm. parked within, you know, 200 yards, 250 yards or something of any other restaurant or anybody that serves food. And I think that's 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 just a common courtesy. That's a common courtesy if if I would not think if about setting up in front of a brick and mortar restaurant and if I had to 
And I have been close to some of them. And I not so much brick and mortars because I, I just won't do it. But if I uh, grocery stores in Springfield, Illinois, there's a place we set up and it's close to a gro it was close to a grocery store. I went over and talked to the store manager, introduced myself and said, we're going to be over here. And I just want you to know, you know, what we're doing and that and let him know. And if there was supplies we needed, I made sure if there was something we needed when we were at home in Jacksonville, I would wait and buy it from this grocery store over there and made sure they knew I was buying it over there just so they knew. But I mean, um, to me, and I've had some, some other food trucks do that bullshit of setting up in front of, they go, if a restaurant's doing a bunch of business and they got lines out the door, then why can't I set my food truck up there and pick up some of that business? Well, you're just a, you're just a scab. You're just, you're going in there and stealing business. I mean, you're just a vulture and, and no wonder you cause the bad, the food trucks, uh, other food trucks, bad, bad problems. And the worst problem, most of the problems that come to food trucks or other food trucks just being inconsiderate and not friggin' mm -hmm. thinking. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I kind of went off on it. No, tangent. but there's, but the, there's, there's challenge. That's what this but, podcast but, is. But, but go back before you get started in your, whatever town you're in, see if they have any rela uh, regulations and stuff on, what you have mm -hmm. to do now you're you're going to have to have uh health get approved by your county or city health department or both of them mm -hmm. uh there's one in when we're in springfield illinois we have we're inspected by the county which also takes care of the city but we also have to have we have to have a county uh health permit uh inspection permit and we also have to have a city food service permit so we have to have two permits to operate in Springfield, Illinois. So, and both of those, one of them's 500 and the other one's, I think, 300. So, and that's for a year's service. They have some part-time, you know, you could get, but I mean, you need to think about, you know, find out what kind of permits you're going to ha have to have, what kind of inspections you're going to have to have. And then in, and then in some of these areas, you have to go through the city and get permits for each place you're going to be at uh, where you have to go. There's some cities you go into, we've been into where you have to get a written permission from the owner of the property. And then you have to take that to the city and they have to approve it. So, I mean, there can be a lot of bells and whistles and hoops to jump through. Yeah. A lot of red tape and a lot of, and a lot of cost. I think that's the one thing mm -hmm. that people don't understand when they, you know, I think what they do is they say, okay, I can buy a rack of ribs for 10 bucks and I can sell it for 30 bucks. That's $20 worth mm -hmm. of profit. Well, you know, I, I'm here to tell you just, you know, you've got not only all these permits, which we sp spend thousands of dollars because as you can imagine in Des Moines, yeah. every civil, civil, you know, Ankeny and Des Moines and Clive, they all want their, you really, you have to get inspected by all of them, but really all they want is that. That money and exactly. some of them are fifty bucks, some of them are five hundred bucks that they want. Um, mm -hmm. So you got all that cost associated with. But when it comes to food truck, our, our big conversation last night that we got into versus marketing a food truck when it's really a food trailer, mm -hmm. you know, and it comes down to to me, I think they're kind of the same thing. Um, and Randy's very adamant that you're not able to market a food trailer as a food truck. And I agree with that. I mean, if it's self-propelled, that's a food truck. 
if it's not self-propelled, you've got a food trailer. Now, so, and so he takes this very, very seriously. So when, uh, when, when somebody's looking for a food truck, they're looking for a food truck. They're not looking for a food trailer. Don't market yourself as a food truck when you're a trailer. I think they're and, looking for a mobile food device. Well, and that's exactly right. right. And a there's mobile nothing to be ashamed because yeah. we've, we've had mm-hmm. plenty of food trailers. And I li- mm-hmm. me personally, at this point, I like a truck better than a trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so where me, owner of owner of a business, I would prefer to have a trailer. So we spend anywhere from five to eight thousand a year on mm-hmm. maintenance of our food truck. Okay, mm-hmm. and people are like what? And I'm like, you don't understand. You know, most food trucks are mm-hmm. trucks that have two hundred and fifty thousand miles on them, right? And they take the old UPS truck off of them or the the FedEx box off of them, and they put a new box on top of them, or they build out that existing box. And so they make the inside nice and shiny, but the problem Mm -hmm. is that engine and transmission and everything associated with it still has 250,000 miles on them. And they drive like, once you add all that weight to them, they drive like iron wheel manure spreaders. Yeah, it's a a box, and, and typically they're very high profile. So and and they're they're weighted. So I mean, there's days uh, that it's wind. It gets super windy, and we're going out mm-hmm. across the prairie, coming from Springfield to Jacksonville, or vice versa. And there, there's been some times we've had to cancel because of the wind. So so when it comes to that, and you Brent, know, put the, that down on the note about canceling. About canceling. Yeah. Okay. okay cancel. Okay. Remember that, Emily. But Emma, excuse Emma, me. Yeah. Excuse me. Emma. It's okay. Emma. Uh, so so anyway, okay. but from from an owner of a food truck, if I could mm-hmm. be in a trailer, there's not that much stuff wrong to go in a trailer. Okay, so I've got a box with an axle. Now, I've still got a truck pulling it, but the mm-hmm. problem is not many people these days. I mean, we both grew up on the farm, so we can back a trailer like no other. Well, right. That's another little history yeah, lesson. Yeah, about but we'll pass Randy's, Randy wasn't very good at back and stuff. So let's move along. Every time we'd show up to the barbecue <laughs> contest, uh, every time we'd show up to the barbecue contest, he'd just pull up, and we were normally there already. He'd pull up because we were parking next to each other. He'd pull up, throw her in park, just open the door and walk away. Cause and then knew, I'd get in the back because he knew that I was going to get in his truck and put it in his spot for him. And then I would get in the back and, and direct him in the back. And then, of course, you'd have three other people get out there and start, you know, and I'd just like, get away. Yeah. Him and I've got it. Just get away. Because <laughs> Randy wasn't very, <laughs> otherwise we were going to spend two hours of our precious drinking time back, 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 back and forth, back and forth when I could usually get her put right in. But, yep. I'll you know, so that. truck versus trailer, to me, there's no difference to Randy. He, he's big on the marketing. To me, you're still... Mobile food, the question is, as you as an yes. owner, you have a, a, a worthy pickup that you can pull it. Can you back a trailer into a tight spot? How much space are you going to take up? For us, it's easier mm-hmm. as a truck because I don't really have any employees that can mm-hmm. really back a trailer like and, and be safe. And then what do you do for that truck? And just lots of – it's just not easy either way. Well, but either a truck or a trailer – it's rough on equipment mm-hmm. inside it, everything inside of it. Because right. if you've got your equipment in your kitchen, a permanent kitchen, like at a restaurant or, or a commissary, mm-hmm. it doesn't move. Right. But you think about it, when you've got it in a food truck or a food trailer, it's just going down the road getting the shit beat out of it every yeah. day yep. and stuff. So, 
I mean, it's amazing what it'll do to grills, what it'll do to warming ovens, yep. to steam tables. I mean, um, there's times we'll be cleaning the truck and one of the guys will come to me and go, I found a bolt. And it's just like, holy shit, where'd that come from? Yeah. So then we're crawling around on the floor and, and we may find a bracket that holds, uh, uh, that holds a leg down that it's like, how did that work out? But just over the years, just, so that's the thing you got to, uh, keep an eye on is just remembering that it's just mm -hmm. beating itself to death going down the road, all that equipment and stuff. So, so let's talk about the, let's talk about a day in the life. Right, kind of a okay. day in the life of it, because we went through this a little bit. We were talking this morning a little bit about, we were talking about mm -hmm. staffing. We were trying to work through Randy's food truck and just kind of do some staffing scenarios, you know, because if he's going, most of the places he's going, he's mm -hmm. traveling a half hour, 45 minutes, because he, he does live out Ooh. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And so he's out on a farm down a gravel road. Mm -hmm. Is it gravel? No, we got black. Oh, you got now. blacktop now. Yeah. Okay, blacktop so blacktop. Now. But anyway... So he's got the challenge of, you know, if he wants to serve lunch, he's got to have employees out at the farm at eight o'clock in the morning. Whereas if we're serving lunch and we're going to leave at 1030, mm -hmm. we kind of got to be there at 10. So he's got a lot of extra overhead associated with mm -hmm. just travel time. Exactly. Right. And you know, so, so go through that scenario of, of, well, so let's say you're going out tomorrow for lunch for, and, well, and let's you're do in town. In Springfield. We're going to Springfield. We're going to Springfield, so, which is about 45 minutes away right. from so, home base. Uh, the crew will come in at 8 o'clock. No, you, what, your mm -hmm. day starts. Well, never mind. So the crew will come in at 8 o'clock, and then um, we'll take, and they'll finish up getting all the meat ready and everything that we've been cooking and getting ready to put on the truck. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get that loaded on and uh, get all of our sides on and stuff. And then you got to remember we're we're traveling forty five minutes to an, or so away, so we want to make sure that we've got everything. And I'd like to say yeah. we're perfect at that, but we're not. Yeah, either we. Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah. uh, so you know, there I've got. So if we've got a if we want to open up at eleven o'clock, they'll come out at eight. I want mm -hmm. them to leave at nine. I want them because so they've got an hour to get everything loaded on that truck because I've went out there early in the morning and got everything started, mm -hmm. usually about four o'clock. That's where the day started, really. It four. wasn't it wasn't the employee. It was Randy going out, getting ribs on the smoker, right, because he wants those ribs coming off at eight o'clock so that they're ready to package. So he's got the side dishes, which were probably prepped the day before. Right. And, put right? In the oven. and so then he's got that in the oven. So so this day doesn't start at eight o'clock. Because if you yeah. weren't there, it's not going to start at 8 o'clock. No, if I'm not there, like today, it started, RJ was out there at 5.30. Right. So I started paying him at 5.30 to put stuff on. Did, and, did you verify he's there? Well, I haven't got a call. Well, my phone's turned off now. so But he'd call Mar Marlon would get the phone call. So. Oh, okay. And uh, But I, I know he's so there. You're, you're like, Sherry, you don't answer the damn phone anyway? No, I answer the phone. We need to talk about that, too. About answering the phone. Okay. Make a note on that, Emma. Answering the phone. Okay. Answering the phone. Noted. Okay. All right. So, uh, and that's the advantage that we have of living where our commissary and everything is. 
because I can go out there and put stuff on and then go back to my office in the house or whatever, and I'm home. The disadvantage of that is we live out there where it's at. Right. So you never get away from it. Right. That's mm -hmm. that's a big disadvantage. I say you never get away from it. I never get away from it. I'm sorry. You know. Right. If somebody shows mm -hmm. up and wants something, I'm going to take care of it. I'm not going to pass up on business. Right. You know, so. So, the, but they're yeah. going back to the story. Okay, okay so, back so, to the story. Sorry, kind of rabbit went through the went by it. So, <laughs> so it's like the dog uh, from up. I got to get him to focus. Got to get him to focus. Um, so anyway, so we'll leave uh, leave the leave the world headquarters at nine o'clock. Go up there, and that's what we call our place. It's Twyford World Headquarters. Yeah, I think Sherry named that for you. Uh -huh. didn't she? Yep, got a sign for it and everything. And yeah, we had a sign made. That's funny. And, uh, that's funny. So then we'll leave at nine o'clock or around mm -hmm. so and uh, go up and I like to be wherever we're going to go at least by 10 o'clock. Yeah. Now, that gives them plenty of time, scoodles of time to get stuff re ready to open. Mm -hmm. The reason I like that is the law of averages says every now and then something's not going to work right, whether... It's the internet because we use Toast uh, for our uh, yep. cash register system yep. and that, and it has to be uh, internet based. Have has yep. to have Wi-Fi, so you get someplace. And that's the other thing. Uh, well, make a note, Emma, about Wi-Fi. Wi -Fi. Yep. Okay. Wi-Fi. I hope you're writing all this. I think down. we're going to have to have another episode. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Not Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Wi I. Yep. You got it. Yeah, she's pretty yep, computer savvy. Okay, I hope so. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it gives yourself plenty of time to get everything set up and stuff. And then uh -huh. 11 o'clock, the gates open. And so we'll typically we'll serve from 11 to 130 is our typical, I call it street side. And we street side and we'll we'll set up in parking lots. Uh, most, a lot of our places, all of our places are permitted and where we've got permits from the city of Springfield. Others mm -hmm. are, we're working for uh, hospitals where they have us come in and it's for their employees, but it's also open to the public. Right. Uh, today, they're, we're doing an, uh, they're at an event where it's for the Illinois State Board of Education and mm -hmm. uh, it's for them and then it's open to the public. And today we're doing what we call a double header. And so we're doing that, and then there's printing money. Printing yeah. money. It's printing money. We know who's going to buy dinner tonight. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and so uh, remember Pawnee Prairie Days. So. <laughs> and so, but then we'll we'll move down to another event in Springfield. So what I do is schedule our lunch in Springfield, and then schedule. Mm -hmm. We have this other. It's called uh, the Levitt Amp uh, Concert Series. And they have mm -hmm. this big concert series every Thursday at this, they call it the Y Blocks by the governor's mansion. And it's turned out to be a really big event. And uh, we go down mm -hmm. there every Thursday from, uh, we're open down there from 5.30 till 8.30 or something like that. So they'll take the truck down there. We can plug it into power there. not Because we've been running on a generator all the rest of the time, which mm -hmm. sits in the back of the truck and gets shit beat out of it going down the road and then get something goes wrong with it. And then you have to call somebody, and when they come to fix it, you might as well write a check for two grand. <laughs> they they don't show up unless it's two grand, guaranteed. He's a mathematical genius. No, I've just have been... you ever seen so many tangents in your life? So uh, yeah, yeah I, I work for you. 
Yeah, I was going to say, birds of the feather flock together. Isn't that right, Emma? Yeah. yeah. And so, anyway. Um, so, we did lunch. We did. Okay, so we got lunch. We're closing up shop at 1.30. We're shutting the window. Shutting the window. Then they'll extract all the dirty dishes and everything that needs to go back home, put it in a van, move mm -hmm. the truck down to the Y block. So, we got the expense of a van, too. Yeah, we've got a van. That, we got a van that's went up there with it. It's, and then oh, okay. we'll take. And then at one o'clock, we had a guy show up at home at, at the commissary to start putting the stuff in for the evening shift. Mm -hmm. So he's starting that stuff. So then they'll go down, plug the truck into power, electric power, so we don't have to run on the generator down there. Then come home, and then we'll change, staffing will change, and then uh, then we'll put in uh, all the supplies for the evening, go up and do that, and then they'll be there till about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and then come back home, and then they got to clean and prep the truck. So they'll probably leave out at World Headquarters between 11 and 11.30 and then be out home the next day at 8 o'clock. And that's that's the disadvantage of us. We don't run. We don't have a large staff. Mm -hmm. What would be nice is to have a crew there that could clean the truck truck and then just we could they could go on home. But that. I mean, we just don't have mm -hmm. it. They're so. gonna turn around. They're gonna they're gonna have a long day today. Yeah, on Thursdays are really mm -hmm. long days for at least a couple of them because part of them will switch that staff between the morning, the daytime, and the nighttime. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. but there's one or two that'll stay the other one, and then we've got a guy that helps us some. He goes to Illinois College. All of our staffing is uh, Illinois College students. It's a small uh, 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 liberal arts college there in Jacksonville. And probably for the last four years, that's where we've got most of our staffing. Yeah, he's he, it, Randy's really used that to his advantage. Because if you're on a food truck, mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing better than looking at a football player. Well, if you're a girl, right? You're marking to a girl, here's a big, bulky football player that's smoking hot, right? Serving yeah. barbecue. It's hilarious. Cause or I... you've got the cute little softball player or the cute little basketball player. You know, and, and so you've done always a great job of putting that person out front and center. Well, it's pretty funny. I'll, I'll, I run the register most of the time, and I've been accused by a couple different employees that I'm going to get the shit beat out of me because I've said some stuff. I, I get to know the customers and, and treat them like family and stuff. You know, hey, what the hell are you yeah. doing, you know, and stuff and everybody. and that. Yeah. But it's funny, you know, especially at some of these uh, some of these hospitals and stuff, you'll have Guys will be working the the line up there, and I'm taking yep. the orders. And you'll be watching, and, and they're just going like this, glancing up, you know. And it's like, and then I'll catch them glancing up, and they're like, I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. Well, it's just like us guys checking out some chick, you know, looking at you know. And then I wasn't looking. No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't checking you out, you know. <laughs> so the, the true old that sex sells. Oh my I wouldn't God. know anything. I wouldn't yeah. know anything about that. Oh yeah, my God. Thing. Thank this you very episode much. She's going to edit that out. I can tell she's going to edit that nope. out. Nope, it's staying. All right, all right. But so that's that, a, that might even be the intro. Yeah, sex sells. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of a day in the life of you know. Uh, so what's the what's what's your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge <sighs> is labor. Biggest challenge is labor. Like everybody, I, biggest yeah, challenge I was is say, that's labor, right? Pretty common. 
It's uh, finding consistent labor. Finding consistent labor. I'm flush with help during the summer. And yeah. that means he's good. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. good. I, that makes I've sense. Got, I've got plenty of help. I'm here it is the first part of July and I'm already looking out into September and into the fall of what I'm going to be doing with that food truck if I'm going to have staffing for it because mm -hmm. I'm already having people calling me wanting to book stuff into the fall mm -hmm. and I'm looking at how am I going to staff that truck to cover those events and if I am or if I'm not going to be able to cover those events and one of the mm -hmm. things I will not do is say I'm going to cover them and then bail out because right. there's a that's one of the things uh, food trucks have a reputation of is over committing, saying that yeah. they'll do something and then mm -hmm. last minute not doing it. And so then people say, well, I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not even going to ask yeah. a food truck to do if we're going to have to if we're going to do an employee appreciation deal. I'm not even going to mm -hmm. ask a food truck because the last two times I asked them, they didn't show up. So screw right. it. I'll just right. have a mm -hmm. call a caterer and have that done. So, right. Or that's the advantage of what we do is yeah. we do the catering. We can do the catering. And as Darren says with their food truck, our food truck complements our catering so much. So mm -hmm. I'll have somebody call me and they'll go, uh, they'll want to want us to book. They'll want to book us for a, a wet, say a wedding. And mm -hmm. I'll say something, I, you know, as like you should, I always ask, you know, well, where did you, have you tried our food or where are you heard? And they're like, oh yeah, I've, I come to the food truck at such and such and I've tried your food and right. my, my fiance mm -hmm. and, and we decided we want to use you. So the other thing that does is help us out on tastings of not yeah. having to do tastings. Yeah. We used to do mm -hmm. tastings years ago and we don't, you know, we virtually don't do any tastings at all anymore. I mean, when you first start out, that's the biggest struggle. Mm -hmm. Because let's say you want to start a catering business, and I think catering business is a is a great business yes, to start. Most definitely, but you mm -hmm. still got to have a way for customers to to taste that food. Now, whether that's investing in a food truck or whether that's just getting an easy up ten and a warmer and and a three bucket sink and mm -hmm. and going to the farmers market, you know, somehow those customers have to taste that food, and right. that's that's critical in getting started. That's got to be critical, even if you're giving away free food, which if you're just starting a business, you probably don't have the opportunity to do, but you're better off to give free food away and drop off some free food next time you cook yes. to an office and have them taste it. Because if, if they haven't tasted it, they're not going to buy it. Exactly. Right. They're not going to order something from, you know, Go Blow Joe Catering that they've never had because you never mm -hmm. know what you're going to get. Well, and you made a comment about the farmer's markets. Um, I've seen over the years how farmer's markets have got more throughout the United States have got more uh, into having food trucks at them yeah. yep. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're starting out a food truck, that might be a good, op good place, a good place to go. And that can eliminate having to get permits from the city to park someplace because you, you can get in on that farmer's market stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and normally you get by with just a easy up tent. Yeah. But I mean, as a food truck mm -hmm. and um, the other thing is don't be surprised if you do an event somewhere and uh, somebody asks you for a percentage to just set up there because that mm -hmm. happens quite a little bit. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. I mean, they make and especially if you do a, a, a festival of some sort or whatever. Right. Um uh, just, you know, 
you look at what you're going to, you think you're going to sell. And, uh, that's also the question of how much food do you take with you? How much, another challenge, another challenge is how much food do you take with you? And also when you do one of these festivals or something like that, how much food do you take? And I go back to the guy that taught me more about barbecue than anybody else next to you. And that's Mike Mills. And one day I was talking, we were doing a festival and I asked Mike, I call him uncle Mike. I asked Mike, I said, Mike, how much food, how do you determine how much food? Because I've talked to some people and there you've got, okay, say the organizer says they're predicting 2,000 people. So you multiply it by this, by this. There's all kinds of multipliers that different of uh, these event people have. And mm-hmm. uh, Mike says, it's pretty simple. Decide how much food you want to sell. And that's what you take. And if you sell it, you're happy. If you, and I said, well, what if you sell out? He goes, you sold what you wanted to and you should be happy. See, I always, I always, I always went, I took a different approach to that. So I went and I always said, if the organizer said there was going to be 10,000 people at this event. Okay. There was really only, there, there was only going to be 5,000. And out of the 5,000, only 25% of them were going to eat. So now we're down to 1250. Right? I, I would agree with and, that. And at 1250, then you can divide that by the number of food trucks. Exactly. On average. So if you got 1250 and there's four food trucks, then you're going to serve about 300 and some meals. Now, if mm-hmm. there's one's an ice cream truck, you really, because people will tend to eat their meal and whatever. But the more trucks there are, the more smaller portions you want to have because people want to try different trucks. Whereas if mm-hmm. you're the only truck, then you can serve a whole meal and serve it all at once. But my question is, where'd you go from 10,000 down to that other? Because that's what really happens. So you're saying that the organizer... So if they told me at 10,000, if if they told me at 10,000, I'm going to say, ah, they're never going to have 10,000, they're going to have 5,000. Well, and I and agree with you. And then 5,000, I'm going to say 25% going to eat. Because so most, most, organize, most organizers over right. inflation. And, and if there's three trucks, I'm going to take the 1250 divided by three, that's 400. That's the number I'm going to prep for. Yeah. Okay. So out of four hundred out of ten thousand, you're not going to you're not going to make enough move for ten thousand because first, not everybody's going to eat. So mm-hmm. I think the whole rule of the half and then the quarter and then divide by the food truck has always worked well for us. But at the same time, take what you want to be. You're happy with selling. Yeah. And, and if you sell that, be happy. If you're not, you didn't. And uh, another thing okay. is, you talk about other. What was that, Emma? Nothing. You're good. Okay. Uh, another thing was uh, multiple food trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times you'll get invited to go to, say, a food truck rally. Or if somebody invites you to go come to, uh, say, they're, they've got a lot that they're, they set up on on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to have the mindset, why would I want to go there and give part of my business away? you're actually going to gain business because mm-hmm. you don't want to go there with a, uh, somebody that's directly going to compete with you. But mm-hmm. think about it. If you've got three trucks there and I, I, I saw this big time down in Puerto Rico when I was down there, cause the food, we were in a food truck park and we had different types of food all the way around it. You would see a family come in 
and they would walk the food truck park, checking them, all the menus out. And then you would see them come back and one would come get barbecue. One would come and get, uh, say there was a vegetarian food truck. They would get that. Then they'd get, one would go over and get the Puerto Rican food and they would get them. As of, if you don't have those options, they may just come to it and they go, oh, the only thing I can get is barbecue. And you got two other people in your group. Right. I, don't, I don't want barbecue. And they right. go, ah, let's go home. Let's go someplace else. Right. So don't ever think just because it's a, com mm -hmm. it's a competitive food truck, if it's a different type of truck, it it's not a bad mm -hmm. deal to get hooked up it with. It may complement you. Yeah. And uh, that's a good thing. Mm. That's a good thing. Yeah. So you mentioned, so you mentioned, we talk about challenges, you right. know, so you got, you got the, the people challenge, you got the what to prepare challenge. Right. Randy kind of took the ultimate challenge and decided that he wanted to move to Puerto Rico <laughs> and open a food truck in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those things. Uh, people go, why in the hell would you want to do that? Well, you know, that's something I always wanted to do. And I have this theory that, and it kind of goes back with opening up a catering business because I could have went back into the hardware business and I would have been fine. And mm -hmm. miserable. And miserable. And would right. have never known. Because one of these days you're going to be laying in a box and people are going to be walking by you going, boy, he looks natural, doesn't he? If you know what I mean. You know, they're going to be coming by and they're going to have, you're going to be laying in the satin bed. He looks natural. He looks natural. Doesn't he look good or he looks bad? Yeah, doesn't I he look good? They didn't do a very good job on him. You know, <laughs> so you're going to be laying in that box and people are going to be walking by and you're going to be laying in that box going, I wonder if that would have worked. And unless you're willing to take a chance and try, you're yeah. never friggin' going to know. And that's kind of what Puerto Rico was. Yeah, and you think you got challenges mm -hmm. in the U.S. I mean, and I went down and visited the food truck uh, in, in Puerto Rico and, and mm -hmm. talked him off the ledge many times. But, it, I mean, you talk about a challenge. Food truck in the U.S., that's easy. Oh, it's simple. I mean, I mean you think about there, not so much just labor, but just food. Knowing what you can get for food and the price you're going to pay for food in a third world country. And then... That against the challenges of, of you got a white American guy. The biggest challenge, yeah. the biggest, my biggest challenge down there was the language barrier. And mm -hmm. I took Spanish lessons. And, you know, there's the old sort, sort saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you know, I took Spanish lessons. I did the Duolingo. I do mm -hmm. that. But, you know, when you've got, you've got 17 different balls that you got to keep in the air. Mm -hmm. You keep the most important ones in the air. Well, and we right. struggled enough ordering breakfast. Yeah. At yeah. the at the at the counter. We 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 knew we wanted yeah. this. Oh yeah. I'm... We knew we wanted this, but so finally we found some guy that walked by and spoke English and we're like, Hey, yeah. can you order this for us? Yeah, order this for us. You know, and I'm like, How does he live this every day? And it was a challenge. Yeah, but it's tough. I, but but you know, people but that ocean sure is beautiful, though. Yeah. It is. It's, per it's pretty nice to get up every morning, and there's an ocean breeze. And uh, and I hold nothing against the Puerto Rican people. I love them. And they, everybody greeted me with open arms down there. And mm -hmm. uh, I loved it down there. But yeah. you better have a like lot of bills. But you better have a lot of bills in your back pocket. Uh, you know, not as bad as you think. I mean, the biggest thing down there is 
I ended up getting most of my stuff from Sam's Club. There's a Sam's Club down there, and it's just like the mm -hmm. Sam's Club here in the States. I got all yep. my meat from Sam's Club. Uh, the biggest challenge was some of the side items yeah. we would get of where we would ha get the supplies. Well, from. yeah, I remember you couldn't get cream of chicken yeah, soup. Yeah, cream of chicken soup. So, so he's like, I can't get cream of chicken soup, and that was an ingredient in his cheesy potatoes. He's like, mm -hmm. well, how do I do it? I'm like, well, you make your own. Yeah, so we you know, you make, make your own cream of chicken soup. So you just mm -hmm. kind of improvise yeah. some of that that way, and so it was it was a challenge. I I would not trade it for anything in the world. I mean, oh, it yeah. was an experience, and it's something uh, I can say I did. And uh, again, when I'm laying in that box, I'll know. Hey, I did yeah. that shit, and uh, at least I was. And you know, I'll, I'll get some people like, oh, you didn't make it down there. Oh yeah, we made it. We did all right yeah. down there. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, at least I had a, I took the chance. I was willing to yeah. step out on the ledge, just kind of like both of us with the restaurants and the catering and the mm -hmm. food truck. Uh, uh, instead of sitting around going, boy, I ought to do that. Right. We did it. You yeah, know, there's mm -hmm. no risk, no reward until you cross that line. Right. And, and, and for both of us, we were kind of yeah, maybe forced a little bit. We both lived the corporate job lifestyle. We both traveled, you know, he was a, it was a paint sale. Well, you weren't a paint salesman. I was, a, a, I was a training manager. Training one. manager for a paint company. So he was, you know, we lived the same lifestyle, you know, traveling mm -hmm. around and entertaining customers and and that sort of thing and on the road and whatever. And like for him and for me, barbecue was our way away. Yeah. And it turned mm -hmm. into, okay, what do you do when it's, you know, now all of a sudden that job's gone, what do you do? Yeah. And so you got to have real easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it, it was. It was easy, and, um, you know, it's one of those deals, too. Um, you know, you you may go to the bank and borrow money. If you go to the bank and borrow money, chances are the bank's going to want you to guarantee that loan. Right. And they're going to want you to want you to guarantee that loan, say, with your house. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not willing to guarantee that loan with your house, you probably don't need to be doing it. Right. You don't have enough. Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't have enough faith in what you do. Right. Because right. Uh, things aren't going to be great all the time, and there's going to be the time mm -hmm. you're going to be going, "Am I going to make it or not?" And when you look in the rearview mirror and you look at the bank's going to take my house. You start figuring shit out pretty quick. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There was, there was many times when we first started out trying to figure out, I hope this catering customer pays me so that I can make payroll. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and it always worked out. Yeah. We never had to not pay somebody. It always worked out. Yeah. And, uh, but be willing to have a plan. I don't mm -hmm. say just wing it most of the time. Well, and sales have a plan, but sales takes care of a lot of problems. Exactly. Somebody told me that three or four times this week. Sales sales hides a lot of problems. So you want to, you got problems with payroll, you got problems with this, you got problems with this, you know, you got problems with, you can't cut expenses. You, you can cut some expenses, that's not going to solve your problem. Sell, your, certain way, point. sell your way out of it. Exactly. Right? You can become more efficient by cutting expenses, but you're not going to, Cut expenses into profitability. Exactly. Right? Get out there and hustle. Get out there and hustle and sell it and never say no. Now, I know you're in a situation where sometimes you have to say no. I'm mm -hmm. in a situation that I get really pissed if we say no. 
Right. Because we have the infrastructure to be able, why would we ever say no? Exactly. And I think sometimes we say no when we really don't have to say no. And that's, you know, and that's overcoming those obstacles saying, hey, no, we have the ability to do anything. We have, mm -hmm. you know, we had that conversation I, in I, our kitchen the other day. And as far as caterings go, we very, very, very rarely say no. Right. We can, on a catering, we can pretty well figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, it, but sometimes on the food truck, you know, of, from a staffing standpoint of somebody wanting us to do something, that becomes an issue, you know. Right. But that the catering, uh, and then, you know, uh, don't be afraid to walk away. Don't walk away from, if somebody comes to you and said, hey, I've got it. We're having a company picnic for 500 people. Would you be interested in doing it? You go, hell yeah, I'll do it. And mm -hmm. then you go back to your place and you go, okay, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> and you'll figure it out. You, mm -hmm. you sit down and figure out your logistics and everything, yeah. but don't tell them no. Don't tell them no and don't feed them anything that's not quality. Exactly. Make mm -hmm. sure you can feed them everything the same exact way. Very important. And, and consistency. We talk a, a lot about consistency on this podcast because it is the secret Probably to once success. Probably once an episode. Once an episode. We always talk mm -hmm. about consistency because I think that is totally the key. I would agree. To being successful. Especially and it's no different with the restaurant than and then in the food truck because we have a lot, a lot of repeat customers. Right. When we'll go when when we'll go to a location, if we go to a location and certain people don't show up, I'm like, wonder what's going on. And then mm -hmm. I'll ask somebody, Hey, why wasn't so and so here? And then oh, they're on vacation this week or something like that. So so Emma. Yeah. So we, we've got a couple notes that I want to make sure we get in because I saw we oh, yeah. just went past the hour. Oh, okay. Okay. This is by far okay. our longest podcast okay. ever, but it's and, okay. And okay. That's we're, okay. We're okay. But but we yeah. got a we got a couple yeah, notes. Couple, okay. Yep. So a note that you had me the first note you had me write down was um, answering the phone. You okay. To talk answering about the that. phone. Yep. Answering the phone. Tell us about your history of answering phones. Well, I used to own a telephone answering service. Believe it or not. He was Mr. Mm -hmm. Voicemail. You know, hmm. hello, thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Music in the background. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, back before voicemail. Exactly. We were the voicemail. Yeah, we were the voicemail. We were your voice on your phone. So, but return phone calls. I mean, mm -hmm. now I'll guarantee you, I'll get elbow deep in potato casserole and or pulling pork and somebody will call. Or at the bar. Like we were last night when somebody called? No, no. No, we were at the bar. Yeah. And somebody called and you said, hey, can you just uh, go ahead and uh, let me, uh, well, can I just email that to you? Yeah, here's my email address. Thank you. Next beer, please. Yeah. But <laughs> you're, be willing to take the calls. Mm -hmm. uh, there's times it's like, oh, don't, I, but I mean, yeah. you never know when you're, but when you get a call, respond to the people in a timely yeah. manner within 24 hours. If you want to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's plenty of other people. I, I'll return phone calls and people are like, thank you so much for getting back with me. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Emma, it, I think you have experience I, with that, don't you? It, well, yeah. I um, 
since I do all of our DMs and stuff, I feel very strongly by, about that. That's direct as messages well. for those yes, yeah, sorry. older listeners. I mean, our our, our two inbox. listeners, my mom, and I'm not saying the other one because I told her I wasn't going to mention her name in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> she knows. Oh, but yeah, she knows. I think I think it's huge to respond within within a timely manner. I try to even do it within eight hours, if yeah, even. Yeah, and I think that's, that's I think great. the only time I don't respond is when I'm asleep. Right. Right. And sometimes or, you even do that. Yeah. I'll wake up at three in so, the morning. But, and yeah. See it. It's getting back with people. And mm-hmm. then you get the reputation of, well, call them because I know they're going to get back with me or. Right. Mm-hmm. So then when you get some last minute stuff and that's the stuff you, mm-hmm. that you can pick up. So, okay. What was the next? Yeah. What else do we have in notes? Uh, Wi-Fi. Oh, uh, when you're doing, a, have your food truck, typically uh, you're going to have uh, your register system and mm-hmm. probably about the best thing to start out with is uh square and you've all mm-hmm. seen those at places it's rel- not to start out on what do you recommend i've never to start s- out? Yeah, like darren's one shaking his I'm head i'm like a toast i'm like a toast guy but I don't, then again square has become a lot better but i'm just least, talking about entry yeah. level yeah. just starting out you don't have a big investment in it yeah mm-hmm. and and uh it's really easy to use, but all of those all those uh, register systems have to have uh, internet service to work. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're out in the food truck, what you're going to have to get is a hotspot. So go yeah. to, or use your phone. Now, excuse me, using your phone for a hotspot is fine. You got to make sure you have unlimited data on it. And then, but if you use your phone, if mm-hmm. you don't go out with a truck, then you don't have service for your right. truck. So, which means uh, you not sell nothing. You, you're you not, don't have a way to process it. Exactly. So, make sure you check into uh, availability. Hotspots are more available now mm-hmm. because of. But during COVID, they were they were they're impossible they to were find. Impossible. Oh, we we got one now that we're getting fifty bucks a month unlimited. Uh huh. A little brick thing, right? Because of course, all that stuff. Can't just be a hotspot. It's got to have a Cat Five connection to hook up all this crap. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing is, it's not just a, the the connections is you just can't have a Wi-Fi connected as it's as he said a Cat Five cable connector. So you got to be your own network. Yeah, you're making your own network. So, so what else? Do we have any other notes, or are those the main ones? I think those two were the main ones. That's kind of a boring thing to end on. Well, but yeah, I, I think I, they, they were important. I have a question about the the square or yeah the square stuff so um kind of since venmo has venmo business would you think that would be easier than even having a square because you can have a qr code somebody can scan it and then just pay you directly through their phone you know that was that was popular that was very popular in puerto rico I yeah in puerto we, went yeah. To, we went to that great pizza food truck and where you just yeah. went up and you hit boom so the question mm-hmm. is, what costs are associated with that Venmo? Like, like Sherry, we, we were out of town last weekend. We were out of town last weekend. And mm-hmm. so we had friends that were, you know, we did the split wise, mm-hmm. which if you haven't split wise is like the best thing ever as far as an mm-hmm. app that helps you split cost amongst and people buy stuff and that Wait. settles everything up on who owns who, who owns, who owes who. Well, you can we do that in Venmo wise, too. So, Okay. Well, but, I don't have Venmo. Yeah. Sherry doesn't allow me access to bank accounts. She should know that. So anyway, fair enough. But she noticed, like we, you know, we 
gave everybody the amount because we had spent the most. So they were sending us money mm -hmm. and she was like, God, they charged me like a lot to be able to get that transaction. So I'm not sure what's so, the cost of that transaction. It, so with Venmo, because my, so my grandma, um, one of my grandmas is kind of helping run a farmer's market. And so she had me do a bunch of Venmo research for her. And, um, you didn't do that at work, did you? No, I did that in my free time. She's Come lying. on. Okay, she's lying. Um, but because that's how they used to pay for all the stuff at the farmer's market now. But for a business, it takes like such a small percentage or it takes a percentage. I think it's like, yeah, I can't remember exactly. I want to say like two, but I think it might be five. There's a five pop. Five. But yeah, like a, it's a good chunk for a business. But, um, it's, but if you set it up as a personal, um, if you then direct there's probably no charge. Well, there is a charge if you directly or so if they, somebody sends you money and you transfer it um, immediately to your bank account, they'll take, I think it's it's a small percentage. I can't remember off the top of my head. Or if or you wait you have, three days. Yeah, if you do the one to three business days, which is how I do it, they don't take anything. And I mean, I get it within the day, the one business day, so it's worth it. But um, yeah, I was just wondering because that's how she's running her well, farmer's market. Well, Puerto Rico and... is called ATH Mobile or ATH mm -hmm. Mobile. And what it would be, uh, our business would have a QRS code mm -hmm. and uh, you would come up and people would say ATH Mobile or ATH Mobile. Yeah. And the story I, and so then they would pull up the app and I tell mm -hmm. them, okay, it's $12 and 75 cents. They'd put in 1275 and then scan that QR code or they could put in, you know, Twyford barbecue on their phone and mm -hmm. pull that up and then they'd put that in. And then uh, it'd go bleep, and then I would get a text message instantly that it went through, and then yeah. that went into my. Uh, but if bank. that's but if that's just you, that's fine. But if I've got three different people on the food truck, or I may have five different people on a register, and whatever, how's that work? Because it's really. And then you know, let's say we're on toast, and I enter in an order, and I got pork and brisket and whatever, and and it's twenty two dollars, and I have to pay that off. Right, I have to pay that off, so I need either cash or a credit card. Now I could put another option, but how do we verify? How do you get that verification unless well, it's it'll built send into you. Toast? It, it it'll send yeah. who? It the Venmo thing. Send, it would who? have to go to a phone. It'll it have would, to go yeah. to. It'll to have to whoever's... go to the phone of the person on the cash register. So that means I'm taking an employee and giving them access to that well, Venmo uh, account. Right. And that employee's not going to be the same. See, I think see this my, might be another see my challenge topic for another podcast. It, it might be. We might have to go deep in depth. I mean, I love yeah. the idea of it as far as the payment mode, but is there one, and that's a good one for our notes, like for Toast, is there an integrated one with Toast that you can just scan and pay on Toast? Right. And then it would actually go in and pay instantly on Toast versus going through a third party like Venmo and stuff like that. I think that'd be mm -hmm. a nice because I like the time. I like the opportunity. I love the yeah. ability to do it, mm -hmm. but once you think about everything that happens, I'm not sure that how does that really that makes work. Sense. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah. Okay. Anything else? Anything else? No, I don't have anything else. So just uh, thank you for having me. Hey, on. thanks for being our first guest. Yeah. You know, smile once in a while, Randy. I am always happy to be. Here. And guess what? Now <laughs> what we're gonna do? We're gonna go find. We have this Italian deli. 
in Cape Coral. And I have, uh, we ate there once. It was amazing. So a little couple from, from New York came down, started this deli a couple of years ago in catering business. And mm-hmm. I've been in search of a shorty's roast pork special sandwich from New York. One of my, it's the overall, it's, it's roast pork with wilted broccoli rob provolone mm-hmm. cheese on a chewy hoagie roll. And I'm told they can do it for me. I haven't had one in years because I haven't been since COVID and stuff. Haven't been to New yeah. York City, and somebody told me that Shorty's actually closed. So uh, I think Randy and I are going to head on over across town, talk some catering, talk some sandwich business with uh, this little owner. And, and again, wife. as always, it deals with food. It always <laughs> it deal with food, and we're always after the best stuff that we could possibly find. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. until next time. Yeah. Emma, what uh, do we say? Are we up past are we up past those two followers? Hi mom. Yeah, we are. I can't say actually, hi mom. It's the end of the episode. Oh no, we're okay. not mentioning Thank you very we're much. We're not we're not mentioning her, but Yeah, thanks for coming, she, Randy. You know what you, you know what, you know what her quote was to me last night? What? I sent her a picture right. of Randy and I testing uh, this I called device, her. right? I called and I sent her a picture and she's always called Randy good looking. And mm-hmm. so she sends me, I get that she sends me a text back and says, "Wow, you and Randy look so similar. I'm no longer calling him good looking." I'm like, I, th- I I'm took it as an insult. I'm an, oh I, boy, <laughs> I'm not mentioning her name ever again. I, I had to call her after our whole attempt to set up because I was like, "Mom, I came out of there with a headache." This is the longest. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what happened. Tomorrow's going to be chaos. Was it chaos? Did we have to cut um, at all? I'm not going to cut anything just so people can experience it the authentic way that I did. And but, we know that there's only one guy better at taking tangents than me, and that's Randy Twyford. The yeah. Reverend Randy Twyford. Yep. Ordained yeah. by the Universal Life Church of yeah, Modesto, we California. We never really talked about that. No, that'll be the next one. Okay, we'll do that on the next okay. one. Okay. In the meantime, yep. go like, like, follow, subscribe. ring the bell. What, what else do you do? You subscribe, hit the notification bell if you're on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok um, at Cue the Mic Podcast. And yeah, that's and about also, it. Also, follow Randy. Give us some content ideas. Oh yeah, Randy, oh, yeah. you want a little? Go follow. Here, Randy. Do a little shout out to the old Twyford Barbecue. Oh yeah, just uh, follow us on uh, 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 Instagram, Instagram at Twyford BBQ. Twyford Bar- TwyfordBBQ dot yep. com. Or just at Twyford BBQ. If you got any, if you want to check out our website, Twyford B- www.twyfordbbq.com. And we're Twyford Barbecue on Facebook. For your personal account. Nice. No, never mind. Nope. Uh, oh, we nope. don't give out the personal no. Instagram account? No. 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 Oh, well, I'm the go BBQ.com. You... I always put yeah. good looking food on there. Yeah. And I tag yeah. him. So if you want it, go grab it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's Adios. that's episode twelve. Cue the mic. Episode twelve. Until next time, we're going to the Italian deli. All right. See okay. you. Good we're luck. Out. Bye. Bye.